Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. Hello, I am Anderson Cowan, and I've got a movie to make, and this is Loaded for Bear. Let's make this movie week six of 36 weeks, and it's been quite a week, and I'm going to get right into it. All right, so uh, just yesterday, I, myself and uh, my co-director on this uh, here project is, uh, for the Loaded for Bear documentary anyways, Mike Carano, he and I decided to uh, stand with the writers, and uh, we went and did a little picketing uh, just to, you know, show support. And, you know, we, we at least I, I can't speak for Mike, but, you know, I know what the uh, the issues are. And uh, I obviously agree with the writers, and uh, I thought that it would be a, a nice thing to do. And uh, it turned into a story, obviously, because it's Mike Carano and I. So definitely some Curb Your Enthusiasm moments. And uh, it, uh, But it felt right. It felt good. It was nice getting the honks and the support. It's the first time I've ever been on any kind of picket line. So... That was good. And then um, I went straight back to Mike's and we recorded a, uh, an after disaster. And then I went and picked up my son and came back to Mike's, which was a hot set because we shot a bit of um, it turned into a, an interview because I with my background, I guess, and what I do. And it's, it's, it's always like, you know, mics and and cameras. It always turns into a bit of showtime. So I kept trying to, like, you know, not making an interview. But Robert and Catherine were in town and they're uh, two of my earliest producers um, my earliest producers, um, other than Joe, um, and they're from Chicago and Madison, Wisconsin, respectively. And I wanted to get a little stuff with them for the documentary on camera, where we were talking about some decisions and things that are, you know, casting decisions and, and ideas and, and what's going on with the strike as well, because obviously that affects both the projects, both the documentary, as well as the scripted narrative, which this is really all about. So we talked a little bit about that. I don't know if I've talked about it here on the show, but obviously it's conflict and, and it's bad for the narrative uh, if everyone's striking. It's bad for everyone involved, uh, everyone who makes a living in, in Hollywood and around Hollywood. Uh, and obviously it's bad for upcoming projects. Uh, however, it does serve as conflict and storyline for the documentary. Um, and also uh, Robert and Catherine, they're very, very uh, clever, smart people. And uh, we're trying to figure out, and I think that we've already figured out that how it could benefit the narrative uh, as well, uh, as far as just there being a bit of a window right now, a small window where agents and managers have a little less coming across their plate as far as potential roles for their clients. So we are going to try and take advantage of that for, you know, I'm trying not to sound exploitative or anything, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do to try and make things work. And if we have an opportunity where, these folks uh, have a little more time on their hand because so many other things are shut down. Why not uh, try and use that to our advantage? So we are going to be sending out some uh, offer sheets, um, 
some initial emails. We're going to be trying to get some talent to at least be aware, if not pumped up about our project. So that will be happening as early as next week. And I've been given the green light to at least say out loud who... So we have a, a good list of people that we want for the lead role, which is like a mid-60-year-old man, right? And I have looked at that list and, and done a lot of work on that list and added names, and subtracted names, and come up with you know new names. But I keep going back to one guy in particular, and there's no one on that list that couldn't work. Let me just be clear about that. I would be so like excited beyond belief to work with any of the people that we have targeted as potential bends for our narrative narrative um, scripted feature film. However, I keep going back to one name that is going to be familiar to everyone who hears this, and that is Mr. Steve Buscemi. And one of the reasons is just he fits the role perfectly. Um, he could absolutely pull off the role that I have written. And also there's this little movie called Living in Oblivion, which I I'm a big fan of, and it's a movie about making movies, which Loaded for Bear is a movie about making movies. Uh, Steve Buscemi starred in that one as the director. If he were to take this role, he would be reprising, not reprising that role, but it'd be similar all these years later um, because he's going to be directing, the character directs a movie in Loaded for Bear as well. So there's some symmetry there. There's like the closing of a loop there. There's some meta there, which, you know, it keeps happening with this project. Uh, Also, Loaded for Bear is a period piece, as it is written right now. That can be adjusted for budget constraints down the road, but as it is written right now, it takes place in the mid-90s. And the idea of Steve Buscemi coming in 30 years later and playing a very different character, but a director yet again would be pretty, pretty cool. Working with Steve Buscemi would be pretty, pretty cool. Uh, another name that we may be approaching as early as next week, and I, I have some ambival- I, little little concerns about saying these things out loud because it's a small town, and this is you know it's not like this feed is uh, huge, but you know it's accessible. Uh, this little loaded for bear weekly update, and it's a small world. You know, you, somebody hears this and they know somebody, and it could work to the advantage of the project. It could also you know possibly harm it. So it's weird. It's um. A lot of back and forth in my head and, and talking with Robert and Catherine and, and, and ultimately we've decided that, you know, what, what real harm could it do if I say like, you know, another person that I think would be, because it's a, it's a buddy film. Uh, at its core, Loaded for Bear is a buddy film between uh, a, a man in his mid-60s who's nearing retirement and his newfound friend that he finds in, within the course of the film who is a young black film student and... They're an odd couple, to say the least, but uh, a friendship and a love of, like, it pretty much just, it's like a love story by the end. Like, it's, it's a very unlikely couple, but they love each other, and they're so good to each other, and they have each other's back by the time everything's said and done. I hope I'm not giving too much away, but kind of like, think Midnight Cowboy, how there's just, they're just two unlikely fellas that end up helping each other out, and... Um, it's this it's this unlikely couple that helps each other out, and, and they team up to stave off um, some nepotism and I kind of like the same old that we see with um, businesses and just handing the, the, the keys succession style to the child. And, and so it's, it's that we got that going on uh, in the script. So it's really important that we have some good chemistry and the right pairing with that, uh, 
with that odd couple. So the other name that I keep going back to, and it's a it's a get, it's a big get, and uh, I you know I don't I, I'm a, you can tell that I'm trying not to say the name, but I'm just gonna say it right now O'Shea Jackson Jr. I love this guy. I've been listening to uh, interviews over the last number of weeks and reading about him. I've loved I've loved him and everything he's done, and he just sounds like the guy that I wrote. He I can absolutely see him in that role. So we're, we're going to be possibly, you know, talking to some of their people as early as next week. And, you know, it could fall on deaf ears. It could, we, you never know. You never know, especially when you don't have, you know, a, a, I got groupers, but I don't have like a massive track record. So let's see, fingers crossed that some of these things go. Uh, and if the, if these guys aren't the guys, I'm just saying, these are the two guys that I feel comfortable saying out loud right now. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of other people on the list that I would be almost equally or equally as happy to get. But those are the two names I feel comfortable saying right now. Also, I think it's names that you guys probably have heard. All right. I was going to get to that towards the end, but I guess I, I kind of let the cat out of the bag early. Um, what else I wanted to say on this week's feed is this. Uh, Robert and Catherine and my buddy Chris Moran, who is the earliest... Um, supporter of this project and he is the first one to uh help it get off the ground many months ago actually he got involved with this project before i was doing this feed or doing any really uh, anything else other than just working on it behind the scenes with robert and Catherine and joe but uh chris was in town with Catherine, and chris is in town from texas we had Catherine in from illinois and we had robert in from wisconsin so it's a you know it's a national effort here and uh they all got to come to the born to act players and watch a class or at least part of a class robert and uh catherine had a big hollywood meeting that they had to go to um but if they're listening to this i'm, I'm kidding guys but they got to see what i've been talking about and i i know how i feel about it like more often than not i'm gonna pab out here and i'm just gonna be honest like i get a little teared up during certain times of the class because it is just such a, a a magical place to me. Like, and you know, I've I've been working with this population for most of my life, and I just love these guys. And I've never seen anything quite like this Born to Act Players class that Mary Rings runs, and that's why I'm doing all of this. But I I do stop and I think like, am I am I getting something out of this that others won't see? And so far, to a person, everyone who's come to witness the class, or my wife and her parents came to the actual show that Atticus and I. Uh, we're a part of on Saturday, last this most recent Saturday. They were just smiling ear to ear the entire time. Uh, Jillian and her parents, um, and her her dad's like a crotchety old British man. And he every time I I poke my head out from backstage, he just had a giant grin on his face. And now Chris, Robert, and Catherine, unless they're just doing their their best acting ever and lying to me, they were all and and Robert's wife Carrie was there as well. They were all just like, ear to ear. Uh, smiling and just enjoying themselves, and they they get it. They're their seat. Not only that, but Mike Carano, who you never know how it's going to go with Mike Carano. He, I can see him getting emotionally attached and seeing exactly what I'm seeing. So now our job is to help everyone else who can't get to this class see what we see and feel what we feel when we're in there. So I'm really encouraged to see that it's not just me um, in my pabbiness. It's and uh, anyone who has come so far to see this class is, is getting the same thing. And that's really honestly the more important than even the movie, um, which I probably shouldn't admit, but for me right now, like the most important thing that we're working on is 
really shining a light on this population, this class in particular, the volunteers. And if we can do that with a documentary, uh, that's great. If we can do it, expand it and even do it further with the scripted narrative that uh, is a story that's much different than the class, but it, it tells similar themes and whatnot, that's even better because it's a wider audience. But that's the main aim here. That's the main mission is to help show people what they're missing. I keep going back to that. I really do think that the vast majority of people out there do not know what they're missing by not putting themselves in a position where they get to spend time with this population on a regular basis. Cause they're just the most beautiful people in the world that I've ever encountered. And I'm a 50 year old man. I've encountered a lot of people and the, the people with intellectual disabilities are the sweetest, nicest people uh, I've ever, it's kind of akin to, I don't even know if I need to say this, but golf, which sounds strange, but I was golfing before Atticus um, was born. I spent about five years where I really got into golfing and, you know, just, going taking you know an hour out hour and a half out of your day and 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 going golfing like at the end of the week and you just forget that the city's right there you forget you get in touch with nature and you're like walking around and i mean the same thing with like like if you were to go on a hike or something but it was golf for me and you you just everything's just the way it should it's good everything's just good and when you're in this class it's and hanging out with, with with these guys and, and the assistants it's just good it's just so good so uh, I've gone on and on enough. Uh, we should have some some news. This is how this feed's going to go. We're uh, week six now. Um, next week, I may have some updates about you know uh, potential candidates for these roles, uh, and then maybe new targets. Or you know, I'll be giving updates as it goes. I'm also going to be interviewing Nick Hudson, who is the guy behind Entertainment to Affect Change, which I screwed up again and didn't plug my own website for this project at the top. It's loadedforbeardoc.com if you'd like to be involved. Loadedforbeardoc.com. It's our fiscal sponsor is Entertainment to Affect Change, which is uh, spearheaded and run by Nick Hudson, who will be my guest next week. And it's really interesting in what he's doing and, and what his team is doing as far as looking for projects such as this one to help crowdfund so that these kinds of stories and messages, uh, I, I hate the word messages, but these kinds of stories it can get out there. And uh, you know, it's it's right there in the title to a, stories to affect change entertainment to affect change So I'll be talking to him about all sorts of things interviewing him. That's what I was starting to say too. like when I had Catherine and Robert on Mike's couch In Mike's apartment and we we're shooting some some stuff while we're there in town so that we could have some footage uh, for the documentary of, of the three of us together I kept going into like interview style and like, you know, asking them about the project as though I wasn't involved or, you know, as though they were like a guest on my show. And I had to, I, I was trying to make it a little more, uh, you know, natural. And we were talking about things we had never talked about before. So that part of it was natural, but I kept going into like, this is because that's just the way my dumb brain works. I, I, for, I never forgot the camera was there. So who knows? And we, we might not be able to use any of that stuff, but anyhow, that's it. I think, um, like I said, pretty, oh, and then finally, this is the last one, and I need you guys to, uh, I don't really believe in the, like, you know, like, put good energy out in the universe, but just in case, please put some good energy out in the universe for me Sunday night, because that's when I will be doing my big giant Zoom meeting. I'm hoping for a big turnout, and I'm going to be, uh, I've invited all of the parents who have kids that are part of the Born to Act players. Um, I've invited all of them to a Zoom that I'm hosting so that uh, I can tell them what Mike and I are doing in there with cameras. Mostly Mike. I'm still just part of the class with Atticus, but Mike is now in there regularly with a camera and doing his magic, which is magical. What he what he does with the camera is fantastic. And I want to um, answer any and all of their questions and uh, 
if anyone's concerned about anything, I want to be able to make them not concerned. So speaking of concerned, I'm concerned's not the right word, but I'm a little, little nervous about that meeting. Uh, and that's happening Sunday at 6 p.m. my time. So I will have an update about that as well next week. So thank you very much for tuning into this. I hope that uh, I shed some light on how all these things work. Or, and uh, I will be speaking to you on week seven. Guys, we're taking this all the way through the end of the year. So uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a fun ride. And hopefully uh, we will be talking about actual narrative film at some point by, by the end of the year. So loadedforbeardoc.com. Oh, and uh, derelict to my duty. God, I should just take, I should just make notes. All right, here are the, the most recent people who have become a part of this uh, journey. And that's Matt Yord. Thank you very much for your contribution over at loadedforbeardoc.com. And then Mitch Burns, the Mitch Burns came in. Thank you very much, Mitch. Andrew Martin for a second round has, has come in. Thank you very much, Andrew Martin. Somebody named Anonymous who I... Hope I didn't mispronounce that. Your name is Anonymous. That's a great joke, Anderson. You should shut up now. And then finally, Jordan Montgomery, who you may remember as uh, he was a part of the film vault there for a while. Jordan Montgomery goes way back. He's actually in Groupers. He's one of the students at the end of Groupers. And Jordan uh, Montgomery is just uh, what a sweet guy. And uh, he came in. He's an associate producer. So thank you very much to everyone who has uh, given recently. And if you're thinking about uh, doing so, uh, we are getting close to that initial goal, which will get us through the first third of this project. So we're getting very close. And if any of you, if I did not say your name and your name, if you're not showing up, please just hit me up uh, directly and let me know like, you know, that your money is not showing up for whatever reason. I know some of you sent checks directly to entertainment to effect change. So all of this is just the business side. Sorry to have a boring uh, ending here, but uh, we will talk week seven. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.